On today's Big Drive Energy, we're going to discuss my life as father of one. We're going to discuss, we've been off for a week. Um, sorry about that for, to everyone, but we're going to be we're going to be back with a big packed episode today talking about the John Deere classic as well. Sepp Straka, an impressive Sunday to go take the dub from all of our guys. Again, shocker. We're going to talk about Ricky Fowler putting Mitchell's foot directly into his own mouth. And then Brooks Kepka. And then Brooks Kepka talking shit about his own teammate, Matt Wolf, along with a new partner alert, Bet365. We're going to give you guys our big bet energy for not only the Scottish Open, but the Barbasol. It's a two-for-one special this week on Bet365, and we've got a ton of free bets to play with, so we're going to add those in weekly. And of course, this podcast is always brought to you by our great friends over at Pins and Aces. Uh, we have our tournament next Friday here in Denver, and then we've got one that we just announced in Chi-Town, Chicago, going to Cog Hill, August 25th. And these are all brought to you by our presenting sponsor over at Pins and Aces. They make the best golf gear in the game. They just released a bunch of new uh, head covers for uh, 4th of July, Independence Day. Really great, great stuff. And their head covers are not only quality stuff, but they, they have the best designs of anyone. Everybody tries to jack their stuff. They got Mitchell to wear joggers, which is still their, to this day, their most important feat of the company's career. No, I'm just kidding. But pins and aces definitely has the best golf gear. We're right smack dab in the middle of golf season. It's going to be 90 degrees all week here in Colorado and great weather around, around the state and around the country to go get out there and play. So make sure you're getting out there and playing. And when you do, Go to pinsandaces.com to get yourself some new golf gear. Treat yourself. Use that promo code BDE to save yourself 15% off plus free shipping on that order. Once again, that's 15% off everything at pinsandaces.com. Tag us when you get that receipt and use that code. Save yourself some money over at Pins and Aces. The best golf gear in the world. It's all we wear on the golf course. My entire closet is full of it. So BDE, get yourself a beer sleeve, get yourself a liquor stick, get yourself some of the South Park creation before it's all gone. Once again, promo code BDE over at pinsandaces.com. Save yourself Nikola Jokic percent on your entire order. All right, let's tee it up. Buddy. This Buddy, shit you're, is you're going through the, I I can't tell you how insane it is that people willingly do this multiple times. Yeah, that's what I I can only imagine like living vicar like just knowing that I had a great night of sleep last night. I woke up at like eight o'clock. Um, no disturbances, no crying. For those of you who don't know, Spencer is a new dad. Um Sawyer Smith was born last Thursday. Yeah, I don't know what day it is anymore at this point. Um, they all kind of blend together. Monday. Yeah, uh, I don't know how old he is. I think he's like almost four days old. He'll be four days old. At, he was born at 10.32 p.m. Well, you guys on, had a, a long few days, though, yeah? Yeah, it was it was quite the few days. I'll save everybody the entire detailed story of his birth. But basically... Yeah, he we were at the hospital most of Wednesday night and then all pretty much all of Thursday from about 11 o'clock until I didn't we didn't leave the hospital actually until Saturday afternoon, evening, uh, went home, went back a couple of times. So he was born, uh, like I said, 1030 on Thursday, big giant kid, nine pounds, six ounces, just massive. He, he looks like 
he's already like a month old. Like he came out, he does not look like a newborn baby. That was like the most wild shit I had seen. I was like, Oh my God, is this real? Like, yeah. Basically the doctor said that he, the doctor called him a, a mini horse and also called him three weeks old. <laughs> it was absolutely comical. His head yeah, is so we had a three bigger week old. than yours already. Yeah. Big, big dome, huge brain. <laughs> Um, but no, it was, it's an insane experience. I know, you know, if you've been through it, you know, um, and then if you haven't, you just can't describe it and you can't like, I, I like every one of my friends that now is going to have a kid or whoever I talk to, uh, I, you can give them your experience, but it's, there's, un, there's not words in the English language to describe what happens and how it goes and what you feel and what like what goes down until you just go through it so i'm going to save you save you the description of that but basically uh little sawyer well big sawyer um big drive sawyer he was so big that he had to head to the nicu um was in there until yesterday we finally got him out so had to just had a little bit of um a blood sugar issue and some breathing basically couldn't breathe enough air for his giant body um was what it boiled down to being an almost 10 pound baby so he was in the NICU for a couple days and it was kind of like a almost like an installation to parenthood because we got to go there every three hours if we wanted to like the the uh, NICU nurses shout out to all of them by the way too the most incredible people just nurses and NICU nurses in general uh taking care of these kids just the absolute salt of the earth peak um, people that you yeah, not we didn't have one bad experience. So shout out to all those nurses. I know they probably don't play golf and don't listen to this podcast because they gave me shit for watching the John Deere classic in the room on Friday. I had it like pulled up. and They were like uh, they said something effective, like uh, when they were leaving the room after they were doing some stuff, they were like, yeah, you can get back to watching golf like they had that tone. And I was like, uh, ah, they, don't, they okay. don't get it. Yeah, they don't know. I'm like, I'm like, lady, okay. my guy. <laughs> my guy uh seamish powers is uh is, he's lighting it up did you and just he, say seamish in a real tone yeah. bro yeah there, there's gonna be some things i say today that uh i've slept about four total hours in the last 24 ish or so so i'm running on i'm running on some fumes here well, but so i was gonna say that almost like obviously you want a healthy baby and it sounds like he was a healthy baby there's just a few things they wanted to keep him for but it honestly sounds like you got it a little bit easier not having to just like take him home two hours after he's birthed and like what the hell do we you know like you're you're kind of easing your way into it a little bit like you said like you, you yeah. wrap your head around it he's not in the back of your car three hours after he's being born and you're like what do we do with this living creature? You know what I mean? So I I wouldn't say you got it easy, but I would say that that was probably a low key, like good way to like get yourself into it and not, not just be boots on the ground fucking that night that he's born and you're home alone with him. Like, what do we do here? Yeah. Well, either way they would have kept us until like Saturday morning, but we would have had him in our room the whole time and would have had to like do all the stuff and take care of him instead of him being somewhere else where we had to go like visit him essentially. Um, but yeah, it was kind of crazy just the way it worked out in general because he was in the room with us right away. Um, and it was about like one or two in the morning. Uh, the well, So Friday morning, it was like one or two and he, they came in and they're like, Hey, like, do you, 
uh, you, here's a couple things you need to do. Like they tell you everything, which is awesome. Like you don't feel like you're leaving there and don't know what to do. Now you get home and there's, uh, you know, it's a whole different set of scenarios, but they were like, do you want us to just take him for a little bit and walk him around the hallways in his little cart? Um, and they did. And that's when he ended up like turning a little blue and they like ended up putting him in the NICU. So it's kind of like a godsend in general, just because if we would have been in the room with him and he was quote unquote sleeping and so were we, um, he wasn't like necessarily crying. So we wouldn't have noticed that. And then who knows what would have happened if we wouldn't have noticed that for a couple hours and then ended up having to have it, have it happen. So it was kind of a, just the way it worked out, it was a godsend and like I said, baby being in the NICU is not an ideal situation, but we definitely got to learn a ton of things, go see him every couple hours for two to three days, and then brought him home yesterday. But, buddy, let me tell you about the first night. Holy cow. It uh, So he's been sleeping all day long, like basically sleeps for two to three hours. We kind of have to wake him up and feed him, or if he wakes up before that, he you know eats on his own, you know, get the little bottle and stuff ready. But last night, uh, just – sleeping fine we went to bed at like fed him at like 10 then went to bed uh and then he did not want to sleep from the hours of like 12 to like 2 30 dude and it's absolutely incredible that you you don't like you don't know what to do like when he's crying you just don't know if he's like hungry you don't know if he's cold you don't know if he shit himself um you know all these that pretty quick yeah all these sort of things um but (laughs) it was so funny because I ended up, so I ended up like taking him out of the room and walking around with him for a little bit. And, and buddy, I came back into the room and not only didn't stub just one of my toes on the bed, but stub two. I smoked your whole foot. Oh, both of my pinky toes on both feet, dude. I am an absolute wreck. I was like trying to put him back in his little bed and just drop him. Stubbed the hell out of my left pinky toe on, on the right side of the bed put him in the bed and then walk over to the other side of the bed and proceed on the same exact leg other side of the bed stub my right pinky toe dude i went straight to my pillow and just gave it a few mike tyson right hooks i was like this has to happen right now something my both my pinky toes are just as red as a tomato and they hurt purple about they do not they, they do not feel good um, but no, I just didn't want to sleep until like two 30. Um, then finally got him back to sleep for random hours at a time. And, you know, it's just a, it's a crazy experience, but yeah, I can't believe people do this like two times in a row and just like have another kid and like know what's willingly, coming. Yeah. Willingly like put yourself in that situation again. I, is this like a crazy thought? Like, I don't want to compare human babies to dogs, but like you keep them awake a little bit more during the day with the intention of him sleeping more at night, is that a thing or you just like when he's asleep, you just let him sleep kind of thing. No, you just let him sleep because I think what generally is going to happen is I think I'm going to switch my own sleeping schedule and try to sleep a lot more during the day versus like at night and just make sure that in a 24 hour period, I try to get as much sleep as I can. Like they generally say when he's sleeping, you try to sleep um, no matter when that is. So I think I, I'm going to be getting some like 10 a.m., some noon, some just random naps during the day, um, but also uh, kind of hilarious. So I'm delirious right now. I was way more delirious at like 2 a.m., but we have him in the little bassinet uh, next to the side of the bed, not my side of the bed. And he was in there asleep and Kylie was doing some stuff out of the room. 
And so then I, I go over to that side of the bed and like lay down. Like I just lay my head flat on the bed, which is psycho behavior. No, no pillow. And I actually like, don't hate that sometimes just flat, just head flat, no pillow. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it, it didn't involve it. alcohol. Usually that involves some sort of alcohol for me to sleep like that. Yeah. You're not doing um, it sober. Yeah. But the, I, so I'm laying my head on the bed and I'm over on his side or in like, kind of like shake not shaking that's i'm not shaking this like baby. oscillating his basket yeah like oscillating it just moving it a little bit at a time because that seemed to like help him stop crying and i was like oh dope this is sick and so like i think i fell asleep for like 45 minutes or who i don't know how long it was all blur but then uh he started crying again and so i like reach over and like half asleep and like rocking the bassinet and he's not in there Kylie had him and he's crying on the other side of the bed and I am just buddy I'm rocking this empty bassinet Kylie's laughing so hard that she I end up waking up and then I like get up and I'm like three quarters to almost full awake and I'm like looking around and freaking out because I'm rocking this empty bassinet I thought I lost my own child the first night um but then he was just you know with Kylie and sleeping and crying so it was a yeah stub toes rocking an empty bassinet uh, we ordered a mini fridge for his room, like a little tiny fridge to put his like bottles Milk. and stuff in. So we don't have to walk all the way over to the kitchen. Uh, sure. Just a few things. But I did tell her this morning, I was like, yo, when we're semi awake today and semi more clear headed, we need to make a fucking plan. <laughs> and everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth, which happened to us and will happen multiple nights again, I think for, for probably sure. a week, a week or so. Um, but at least having some sort of a, a lined out plan will give me an idea of what I'm doing and make it better. But I did turn in like a, I turned on like a podcast at two 30 in the morning. and was just kind of like listening to that, which is nice with these headphones. Cause you can still hear him, but he's a little like doled out and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's not like as maddening when you can't just figure dr- out what's wrong. Just drowns him out of hair. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he hasn't, I, has he seen you shirtless yet? Has he tried to latch on one of those man titties? No, uh, yes, he has seen me shirtless, but no, he didn't try to latch on me. Okay. He, he just like... he just grabbed my my innate amount of chest hair and was just holding on to it. So did this kid five, I... five hairs on your chest and tried to rip them out. Exactly. Oh, I've been using Manscaped quite a bit, so it's that shit's growing in. And now that I'm a dad, I anticipate being 150 percent hairier initially, right off the jump. Yeah. Are, are um, you? Have you gained any strength now that you're a new father? Well, I haven't really done anything other than sit on the couch and lay in bed and hang out with him. So uh, once I get outside into the outside world again, and maybe I'll try to cut down a few trees, okay. um, you know, break a few sticks, you mow the lawn. Air monarchs, I think. Dude, I, I'd rock some air monarchs full yeah, I think, on. I think those would be good for you. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I did, enough about uh, enough about my story. Let's let's hear about your week. A little different uh, for you, <laughs> being on the, being a, a big beach guy now. You sent us a, sent my, me a photo of your feet. I don't know if we're gonna find that on Feet Finder at any point. No, but that's that's you, not. You cool. had the you had the are those Abercrombie and Fitch sandals that were split in the toe? Yes. Yeah, so well, it oh, was wow, it was wow. wild because what I, do you have to say for yourself? I am largely against flip-flops and i think i've mentioned it before on the show like i do not trust any dude that openly will wear flip-flops just because like i 
I will never ever wear flip flops just out of nowhere. Like it's so violating and just so fucking weird to me that dudes do that. Um, but it, I was going to the beach and I feel like anything else just does not make sense to wear. And my girlfriend gave me a bunch of shit because I told her I was going to wear like boat shoes on the beach. And she's like, you wear flip flops to the beach. You don't wear fucking boat shoes. Um, but I think I do need to get some slides. Cause like that, like split between my toes did not, first of all, just violating, not like not my favorite feeling in the world. Secondly, it started to hurt. Like, I don't know what I, my feet are just so built different. Um, for those of you who don't know, and you probably will never see my feet. They're basically like, they're like bricks. They're square. They're basically rectangles. Um, so I have very wide feet. They're not small. I mean, they're size 10 feet. Like they're not like fucking, you know, size sixes or anything like that. But, uh, I do wear men's shoes, God bless. But, uh, they, they're not built like your average slender foot that like has an arch and everything. They're just fucking like flat and wide. And so flip flops don't necessarily work. They, they work okay, but my feet were almost like too wide for the flip flops, which is wild. Um, but it's, it's crazy. Because you got some of your feet hanging off both edges yeah, of the flip flop. Like I got fucking fat rolls on my feet, like hanging over the edge of the fucking sandal. Uh, but Abercrombie and Fitch has made like a big comeback recently. I don't know if you knew this, uh, but they were like huge when we were in middle school, you know, early high school. And then they got canceled and all these stories started coming out about how they'd only hire like hot employees. And like, if you weren't hot, you'd work in the back. <laughs> like you couldn't, couldn't be, <laughs> you couldn't be at the front of the store. See, um, see any Hooters ever. Yeah, I'm exactly. Sure the like, same scenario. 100%. They got them back on the, the fucking fryer. They don't have them out there serving tables. But I think they, you know, when everybody, when the, I, I don't, I'm not going to go there. When everybody got very sensitive, they were like, you know, that you can't really just hire hot people. So they, they definitely like got canceled. I think they went through bankruptcy. But anywho, they've made like a huge comeback. And now they're like a big thing again. And I found those sandals. I was at our childhood home at our mom's house. They were in my old closet from probably 14, 13, 14 years ago. And I was like, fuck, these still fit me. And they're like back in style now. I was like, they're Abercrombie and Fitch. Like, and it just goes to show you, you hold on to anything long enough. It stays in style. Um, so I busted those out. And orange, they're a little like, look at me. Like, I'm not like that. I want to be as incognito, like low key black everything white you know i'm i'm not a very flashy outfit guy unless it's some pins and aces shirts which i do like to rock uh some of the crazier ones too but the orange was a little out there for me um but overall other like the beach was awesome like i i haven't been to the beach in probably s since the last time i went to hawaii which was almost 10 years ago so i you know and that's what we were i was talking to Missy's family about it and everything. Cause she's like, yeah, he hasn't been on the beach in almost 10 years. I'm like, whenever I go on vacation, I'm like playing golf and going to the bars. <laughs> like that's, that is what all of my vacations basically, or going to sporting events like that. That is yeah, there's, there's done four things. Life. There's four things you need on a vacation. There's a golf course, a casino, <laughs> alcohol and sports. Yeah. That's, that's it. it. 
Exactly. And that's, I, uh, little coffee delivery. What a timely, what a timely thing. How clutch is that? Running Uh, on caffeine. But yeah, I, I was like, do you think me and my boys sit around on vacation? Like, let's go to the beach. No, that's not what, in my opinion, that's not what we do on our guys trips. We go golf. We go to the casino. We, we didn't even go to the beach when we went on your bachelor party in Tampa. Like, I guess it was January, so it wasn't like prime beach weather. But either way, when you're built like this, you're not like itching to go to the beach. You're not itching to have your whole body out there for the world to see. Um, But it could have been worse. I will say, though, so I got sunburnt, which is, you know, pretty standard. I put on a lot of sunscreen, so it wasn't for a lack of effort. But I was just so stark white that, of course, you're going to get burned a little bit. Um, My belly button got torched. Like, I had (laughs) a red ring around my – it was like the red ring of death. Like, the Xbox red ring of death was my belly button. It was so fucking hot and itchy. Like, I don't know what happened, but I – I had to like dump in my, I got a deep belly button. So like it's cavernous. And I, I don't know if all the sunscreen just like melted inside of the bottom of my belly button, but it got fucking torched. So I had to reapply. Like, I think it's, it's still, yeah, it's still a little bit red, honestly. Um, But other than that, I, I had a great time at the beach uh, I w- I pretty much drank the entire time, so that that made life a whole lot easier. And then it, I think any anything you do that just is an excuse to like drink any time of day is something fun, you know. Like I I guess I chalk that up to either like being at the casino, being at the the golf course, or probably being at the beach. Is there or at the airport? Is there anything else that you can think of that? you can drink any time of day and it's not frowned upon. No. Yeah. I think anytime you're on vacation, it's just a general, that's a yeah, general that's umbrella for all of those things. But no, um, the ironically, you know, I was kind of thinking about this and your statement refutes it, but I was thinking the beach is the one of those four things that you can't get pissed off at. But I guess if your belly button turns into the Xbox red ring of death, yeah, that can make you pretty pissed. But like golf, yeah, it's fun until you start hitting some wonky ass shots and, and hitting it all over the map. And then it gets annoying. And Same with the casino. Off. You start losing your, your son's savings account at the table and then you start getting pissed off. So the beach is not a general place where you can get annoyed, but I guess I will post beach. It could be annoying. Yeah. There's a few things about the beach that can be annoying. Um, like little kids and, there's so many little kids, especially being the 4th of July. Like, I like kids. Don't get me wrong. I don't, like, I'm not obsessed with kids by any means. I'll be obsessed with your your child. Um, but that's because I'm his uncle. Other than that, like, just generally little kids, like, running around screaming at all times of day, acting like little vagrants, fucking uh, just being loud. I sound like, like a fucking 70-year-old man like get off my lawn kind of guy. But for the most part, the beach is, it's pretty hard to get pissed off at the beach. Um, The water was actually very cold. So I I definitely had to go in there. And here's another question that I I think we could discuss quickly. Is it frowned upon like pee in the ocean? No, I think everyone does that. I can't do it. Like I don't like doing it. 
I don't like the like sensation of warm. the feel. I don't like the feeling of letting something out of my area in being covered by a something you, else. Yeah, when it's like covered in water, it's kind of hard yeah. to push it outward. Like yeah, like I try to sneak back in inward. Like if you open that door, <laughs> exactly. I I don't like opening any unsealed doors. Like this like. is an outdoor only. Nothing goes in <laughs> in this hole. Exactly. Uh, no, yeah, I I, that scares that. me. It is. But I'm not. Concept. I'm also not a big. I'm not a big ocean guy. I'm I'm a decently yeah. big beach guy. <laughs> like I like going to the beach and what it entails, like putting a cooler in the sand. But I'm not like getting the water kind of guy. I don't like. And it's not like, oh, I'm scared of sharks. Like, yeah, everybody's fucking scared of sharks. But <laughs> oh, I'm scared like, of yeah, like there's been shark attacks, shark attacks all yeah, over the you world. You think you're tougher than a shark? No, no, not. I'm not. But I'm just not like I don't like the feeling of the salt water, and if it's not like a good temperature, oh, you know, like when sure. I when I went to Mexico, we were on the beach, and I like just sitting there enjoying the the sound of the the water and the sand and the and the sun and nice weather but yeah. i'm not like big uh oh, rush into the water and enjoy the waves kind of guy it's not for me no i i totally agree and like if you're not afraid of the ocean i don't know what the fuck to tell you because it's like the ocean is the scariest single thing on this planet in my opinion um basically you can it can do whatever it wants with you so you're kind of at the mercy of of whatever it wants to do uh, but yeah, the water, the only reason I was getting into the water was because it was so hot out at points that you just feel like you have to go in there to cool off, which is nice. Yeah. To, yeah, to fucking cool down that belly button, bro. Oh, dude, There's fucking flames coming out of my belly button. That shit was on fire. Like I swear to Christ, I've never had something so hot on my body before and just getting like burns in weird places. But I was trying, I was working on the golf tan, like Everybody knows if you're a golfer, you get and you only golf. Oh yeah, yours is pretty Dude, bad. Mine's horrendous. Mine has gotten a little bit better. It's still not great, but like I do have some color on like the top of my arms and like my chest and shit. But overall, it's just like a losing battle. The feet are the worst part, and that's why I I was trying to get some sun on my feet, but you know, it, like I said, it's a losing battle. You're never going to get as tan everywhere else like where you normally have a golf tan um so it was just it, it was an effort but overall i had a blast uh the fireworks on the beach were awesome um every different beach does like so there's all what well, i didn't know and this is kind of cool um so in new jersey where missy's family has their house there's certain beaches for like every three or four blocks there's private beaches for those blocks so then you get tags to like go to that beach and that beach only. Um, they have then, a beach yeah, patrol. Yeah. No, they have people like checking your tags. They have people no like shit. you in stuff. Yeah. It, none of them are really like public beaches, quote unquote. So, but it is actually very nice because that means it's not going to be crazy crowded. You know, it's a lot of people that it was my first time being there. So I didn't know any of them, but Missy knew a lot of the people that were there. So it's not like unfamiliar just a bunch of randos, you know what I mean? But I bet every beach probably spends like 40, 50 K on fireworks because every like five blocks, there's just a totally different fireworks show. And you can just look down for like, as far as your eye can see, there's a different fireworks show going on. So it's just fireworks all the way up and down the beach. It's super cool. So I've, I've had a very relaxing, um, 
last week and I know you we've had we've had kind of opposite weeks here so I can't I can't say I don't uh feel a little bit bad but I also don't because I've just been kind of living it up I think I'm going I'm playing golf three maybe probably three times this week so uh life is not that hard right now for me i can i'm gonna be honest with you i know no that that all sounds great uh one one take i will say i saw on uh good old twitter um which follow us on instagram threads too at big drive energy pod if you're on the instagram threads we'll be posting some stuff there as well but um just the the firework takes about like people's animals i i can't I can't deal that deal with that. Like what? Like you, not having fireworks because you have animals or something? Correct. There was so many takes on the Twitter machine about that, and I finally lost it and tweeted something night the night of July fourth. Like, <laughs> dude, so what was the take? Just like it's inhumane to like take your, t- or or like nobody should set off fireworks. No, it was like I I hate this holiday. I can't believe people set off fireworks. This one. This one guy, I don't necessarily follow him. This just popped up on my feed. He's like a news guy out here. He basically said something to the effect of like, I I hate this day. I can't believe people are just setting off fireworks. My cats are scared. Buddy, I wanted to sh- yeet my phone through the front window. Oh my! Nobody God, gives that... a single fuck about your cats being scared of some goddamn fireworks. It's yeah. the 4th of July. We live in America. Let them exactly. go. Free. Now, I do under, I will say, I do understand, like, the people that have dealt with, uh, like, fi- actual fires. Um, some houses get burned down, you know, that, that shit's, it, it, yeah, there's like, a point where it, you can take it too like far. That. There's ser- some seriously, like, shitty things about fireworks for some people, but your, your animals, you know, like, you just put them in a room, try like turn some music on and, and let them chill and do their thing. Like get, give them a few toys. I'm not saying it's perfect, but it's the world we live in. And like, nobody's going to not have fireworks because your animals are too important. You know, like I will say though, there were some people that were like, they weren't walking their pets like right into like the fireworks, but like the street over where it's loud as fuck. There's people walking their dogs. I'm like, holy shit. How are these dogs not losing? Oh, right? oh, Lord, Terry. Back up, Terry. Back up. Put it Terry. in reverse, Terry. Put it in reverse, Terry. Yeah. Oh, I, Lord. I, I thought these dogs were going to fucking lose it. But I guess uh, Missy told me that they people try to desensitize their dogs by, like, not walking them directly into the fireworks show, but, like, walking <laughs> – like I'm right next to that bottle fucking... rocket. <laughs> let's play like, fetch with a bottle rocket. Yeah, let's like putting fucking like little Roman candles in their collar and just fucking firing them off or all around them. But uh, they kind of bring them close enough to like hear it and be around it, so they get used to it. Which is honestly not a bad idea because that's I think the reason that obviously pets do not generally like fireworks is because it's just loud abrupt noises that they have no idea what's going on so kind of familiarizing them but not putting them in the heat of battle kind of seems like the the way to go i was just shocked when i saw that i was like what are these dogs doing out here like poor guys fucking just getting but they're just like doing their thing peeing on the street and shit um but yeah that's that's all i really got from me um should we get into a little bit of golf yeah, 
Um, let's, I think this is a golf podcast, even though we sometimes, uh, you know, get off on tangents, but it's been a good half what, hour talking about not golf, but that's okay. That, that's what we like to do, man. That's just who we are and, and how we roll. Um, but we want to talk to you guys about some of our partners, first of all, and that one of our partners, greatest burritos in the world. We've told you guys about them. If you guys are down in Arizona, Burrito Express has the absolute best burritos for any time of day, morning, breakfast burritos. You want a little lunch break. You can go over there and get some of the steak burritos for lunch. You want a late night drunk burrito. I had a few, uh, I haven't drank in 23 days, which does not seem like a big deal when my wife has gone nine months. Like every time I feel like I, I made a, like a, a big thing happen here. <laughs> I didn't. Um, but I had a few modelos and I was, I was feeling it. And when I'm feeling it, I, the first place I think of is burritos and, you know, just getting some greasy food in there and 100%. getting some burrito express and burrito express is the best breakfast burrito I've ever had. That I will take that to my grave. Every time in Arizona, that's like the first stop we make. We try to get right from the airport, get our rental car, get in our Uber. That's a little awkward ordering food in an Uber. I kind of hate that, but we always make sure to get to a Burrito Express and get their breakfast burritos because they are the best breakfast burritos ever. And they always put potatoes in them, um, or I always order the ones with potatoes. Like I feel like a breakfast burrito is not entirely complete unless you've got potatoes in there. So that that's just one of those things where it's like, I'm not a big, I, I like eggs and I like breakfast food in general, but I'm not a big fan of a breakfast burrito without potatoes and burrito express. You can get the potatoes, you can get steak, you can get bacon, best breakfast burritos they've ever, I've ever had go to check out the, uh, all the locations in Arizona, specifically the Tempe one, that one, right. Kind of by ASU's campus, a- absolute best spot to get breakfast burritos that's burrito express make sure if you're in arizona you check out burrito express and we've got a new partner uh new sponsor alert bet 365 so no more of the for now uh we'll be giving you guys lines from our new partner and the newest sports book that has uh, decided to come on board with the Big Drive Energy Boys and Big Bet Energy, and that's Bet365. They have live in-game betting where you can watch the game from your phone. Um, Bet365 offers the widest range of games and markets available for live in-game betting. They have over 80 million users worldwide. They live stream 780,000 events each year, and every time you log into Bet365, they have boosts. Um, so I, unfortunately this past weekend, uh, boosted Eric Cole to be in the top 20 and he kind of shit on himself on Sunday. So he didn't end up getting that, but there there's a boost every time you log in and we are offering you guys $200 in bonus bets when you join bet three, six, five. So download the app deposit minimum of $10 and to claim your $200 in bonus bets. As soon as you place a bet for one single dollar. Use that promo code DNVR365 when you sign up. And you must be physically located in Colorado, 21 plus. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. So bet365, awesome golf bets. We're going to be using our $200 in bonus bets each week um, for our all of our golf bets that we put out on 
our Big Bet Energy graphic. Once again, if you're not following us, that always goes on Instagram on Wednesdays right before the tournament starts. Uh, This week it'll be out probably Tuesday uh, as you're listening to this podcast. Go check out our Instagram at Big Drive Energy Pod and head over to Bet365 and get these bets in. Mitchell, why don't you give us – so this week we got a little bit of a double – uh, a two for one special, if you will. So we've got the Barbasol Championship in Kentucky, which is an official PGA Tour event. And then we've got the Scottish Open, where a lot of the big guys, um, pretty much everybody playing in the Open Championship next week is major week for the final time this year. It's crazy to crazy to think it's already here. I'm going to be up with my son all night uh, watching. That's going to be the one night, the nights that I'm like, hey, dude, stay up. We're going to be up at 2 a.m. watching golf. He was enjoying some John Deere Classic and Sepp Straka, which we'll get into in a little bit yesterday. Um, but the first thing he's ever watched on TV is golf, and I'm proud of that. Wearing his little cute golf onesie that I got him. But um, let's, give, let's get your picks for this week. We're going to do two picks for the Scottish Open. Uh, we're going to do one pick of a winner and a top 10 for the Barbasol Championship. And then we're going to give you guys – so the next – Basically, 20 weeks, we're going to give you a $10 free bet that we're using. Now, we're only, you can bet it whatever you want on it, but we're only using that for the the idea of our units and keeping track of our units and where we're at week to week. Um, so, we're going to give you guys one pick each week uh, out of that $10 free bet. So, that won't count towards our units if we lose them. Uh, it only counts if we win them, much like a lot of Mitchell's bets. It doesn't count if he loses, but if, if he wins, it, it, all the credit to him, just like Ricky Fowler in the Rocket Mortgage Classic. So, all right, Mitch, let's get into your picks. Once again, that's Bet365. Download the app. Use code DNVR365 to get $200 in bonus bets. They're right. You know, I hear all these promos for apps and stuff, and they get into – um they get into talking about, you know, you get your bonus bets and this and that. And I've had a few friends sign up for betting accounts before and not get their bonus bets. When I logged in specifically and used that code, that $200 went straight into my account. I could see it right away. I could bet it right away. Very easy to do with Bet365. So, Mitch, go ahead. Yeah, I've actually been loving navigating the new Bet365 app. It's uh very, there's just so much more extra stuff that you can bet on and they literally have everything you could think of. So, um, I, this weekend, I, <laughs> for the Scottish open, I, I am rolling with a couple of Englishmen. Um, I just feel like it's, it's going to be an Englishman's week. Uh, so I've got Tyrrell Hatton plus 2200 to win and plus 250 to top 10. He's been in good form. I feel like he's he's ramping up. You know, they're in his home country uh, while they're in Scotland. He's from England, but same idea. Everybody from over here thinks they're the same thing. Um, and then I have Justin Rose. Justin Rose, another Englishman, if I could talk. Uh, he's plus 4,000 to win, plus 400 to top 10. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, he's another guy that's been in pretty darn good form. Um, I feel like he's a really good value. He's a major winner. Uh, even though he's a little bit older, still plus 4,000 to win this week and plus 400 to top 10. I don't really think you can go too wrong there. And then for my, uh, for my bonus, I want to, there's one dude that I didn't have looked up that I want to look up real quick. Um, I'm going to find this. 
because I want to take Yannick Paul to top 10. Um, he's been playing very, very good golf. He's a CU golf product. Uh, he's a German. Uh, I think I, I think we've talked about him. I would love to to have him on the, the podcast at some point. Um, but he is a, a baller, dude. Like he's, he's just getting out on tour, but ball striking wise, he's been having a great year this year on the DP world tour. He's already won over there. He's got multiple like top five finishes, but I feel like a lot of people over here don't know his name, you know, not being on the PJ tour and playing a lot, uh, over here. So let me see if I can find Yannick Paul. Do they go by what? They go by last name. So now I need to find. Where are you, Yannick? This is great. Yannick, where are the peas? I don't see. Can you help me find this, Spencer? Oh, wait, there's the peas. Yannick Paul. Okay. Uh, Top 10 finish for Yannick is plus 1,200. So that is going to be my bonus bet this week. Yannick, Yannick Paul, Y-A-N-N-I-C-K, Y-A-N-N-I-K, Paul, uh, the German to finish top 10 at the Scottish Open this week, plus 1,200. Um, lock that in. I feel like that's actually a very great value that a lot of people are are overlooking or just not thinking about. Um, and then for the Barbasol, the, you know, the side, what is this? What is it? Um, opposite field event. Uh, yep. the, one, the, the events that you said only Ricky Fowler could win. Well, the rocket mortgage is kind of a off second event. Like it really is not a, not a marquee event by any means. Um, but anywho, we'll get into that. Uh, I've got Akshay Batia, the, the young prodigy winning, the Barbasol this week. Um, it's kind of his first year out on tour. He doesn't even necessarily like have full tour status, but he's working his ass off to get that. And I think he's, he's well on his way to getting it. Um, he's had a great year so far this year. He's got all the talent in the world. He's just this super lanky left-handed guy, uh, bombs the ball, can putt really well. So I just feel like he's kind of due to like break out and have a win. Um, so he is plus, I think, 2,800 to top or to win. And then uh, plus three. Let me let me double check that here. Plus 2,800 to win, plus 350 to top 10 at the Barbasol. So I, I'm rolling with Akshay this week. Love that, dude. Yeah, he's had a he's had a great week and a, he's had a, just like a little run. He had a great week this past weekend at the uh, yes. John Deere Classic. And he's just, he's had an overall solid year. And like you said, he kind of went viral for his, you know, his taking his shirt off and dudes, dudes rail thin, um, hits the ball a good bit though. And, and I think that's, this is a great op, this is a great opportunity for him, um, to kind of cement status on the PGA tour. I will get into my picks for, uh, the Scottish open and it is insane. I'm telling you guys, like, I don't like to, you know, go, you know, full, deep throat on you know sponsors or partners or betting sites or whatever it ends up being but like bet 365 has so many options um you can go you can go top two top three finish top four top five top six all the way through top 10 then 20 um 30 and 40 
And I'm going to go with Alex Smalley uh, this week at the Scottish Open. He played great this past week, um, just into form. And he finished in the top 10 last year at the Scottish Open. Had a rough Sunday, shot two over, um, but was right in the mix. Ended up, you know, finishing eight strokes off the leader. But starting Sunday was only a couple shots back of Zan- uh, eventual winner Xander Schauffele. So Alex Smalley to win outright is plus 6,600. And to top 10, he is plus 600. So I'm going with Alex Molly this week. And then I'm also going to go a little outside the box, uh, outside of my personal betting box. But I'm going to go with a horse for a course and a guy that has kind of frustrated me this year in terms of his play and I think frustrated himself. And I'm hoping his injury from a couple weeks back at the uh, Rocket Mortgage is a little bit better. But Tom Kim... Um, he is plus 4,500 outright to win this event, and he is plus 450 to top 10. So he he finished well with the Scottish Open last year. A guy that, you know, another young guy on tour that's been great. Over his The start of his career has been just anything you could hope for. Um, and he played well at the Scottish Open again last year. I think these guys are ramping up, and this is, this is an event where, yes, there's there's a lot of big names in it which is kind of cool for you know scotland in general and and the renaissance club which is a great club but it's guys want to want their game to be in good shape heading into the final major of the year but i think something tells me that like they don't want to overly grind themselves out to win it necessarily and so that's why i'm going with a couple of guys down uh the leaderboard a bit and down down the betting odds a bit to pick them because it makes it a little more um, it makes it's a little more dialed in for them. You know, they're thinking about like Alex Smalley, obviously he's thinking about the open championship for sure, but he would benefit a lot more from winning the Scottish open than a guy like Scotty Scheffler would, where he's going to have to try to win back to back weeks. Now, Scotty Scheffler is not a good example because he can do that like anyone, but other than him, guys are like, well, we won the, <coughs> won the Scottish open. That's great. You want to win any tournament that you enter, you know, the old tiger woods quote. But I do think guys, the guys a little bit lower down the the odds of the leaderboard will give a little more effort and grind it out and try to win versus the guys like Rory and Victor and Ricky and Tyrrell Hatton, guys like that. Like, I hope Tyrrell Hatton wins this one. I think that's, you know, he's Mitchell has had a rough go of it. I've been carrying us. I had another another two top tens this past week. No big deal with Adam Shank and Lucas Glover. But um, I'll I'll go down to the Barbasol. And let's see, I am going to pick Go to down. win the Barbasol championship. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go. Lots with of research being done here, folks. He's picking ton, tons of research. Well, I've been killing it. I'm going to continue to kill it. I'm going to go with Grayson Murray at plus 2,800. Another guy that's just found himself at the top of the leaderboard every single week. It seems like right now, um, I think he's got a great chance to win. Uh, Lucas Glover, I looked at him. That's another pick. He's only, Grayson Murray's only past PGA Tour event win was at the Barbasol in 2017. So he, if he knows how to win anywhere, it's at the Barbasol. And well, there you go, Grayson Murray. You can win at the Barbasol, and you can find yourself a flight over to the Open Championship for the next week. Do um, they qualify? Do you, do you know if they they qualify for the Open if they win at the Barbasol? Yes, I believe that is like one of the last qualifications for it. Okay. How about this, dude? How about looking at the at the Barbasol 
to win outright. The the fourth guy on that list is Peter Quest, who had to Monday fucking qualify for the event last week at uh, the Farmers he, Insurance Open. Well, and now, yeah, he Mondayed at the Rocket, the Rocket, or Mondayed at the Rocket Mortgage. Excuse me. Yeah, let's talk about Peter Quest for a second. What an unbelievable story this dude is. Yeah, so he um, he's made his way out on the tour. Now he's, I think, basically he he's earned himself special temporary status, which means I think he gets, you know, it's it's tough to. <laughs> I'd be lying if I said I knew all the ins and outs of temporary status, but I think this gets him into like five or six of the next 12 events. Obviously he's not going to get into the FedEx cup playoffs um, unless he uh, earns enough points to get himself there. But I think it does carry over into the the fall season too. So he's uh, he's going to get spots in the next few events because he finished what top five at the rocket mortgage. And then he ended up yesterday in the top 10 at the, uh, at the he finished, he finished uh, tied for 17th at the John Deere Classic. Oh, okay. He, um, he, was, he was right at the top of the leaderboard almost, you know, three and a half days. I don't know if he fell off a little bit yesterday. And, well, and that's the other thing, too, is this – the Rocket – or um, Jesus, the, not the Rocket Mortgage. The, uh, <clears throat> the John Deere Classic was so stacked that, like, I mean, Seamus Power, my pick, shot 15 under and didn't finish inside the top 10. And the winner only beat him by six six shots. So, I mean, I guess that, that's not that outlandish to say he lost by six and he didn't finish in the top ten. But there were so many players stacked up at the top of that leaderboard. Um, but this Peter Quest dude, he just does everything well. Uh, he's 25 years old. He's from Fresno, California, turned pro in 2020. He went to BYU, so that kind of gives me, like, not as good of vibes about him. I hate to say it, but uh, apparently one of his teammates that went out on Twitter that one of his teammates there playing a very windy round at BYU. No, it was in Hawaii. Oh, okay. It was in Hawaii. It was a, it was a Peter <gasps> Quest and this other guy had to play for the fifth spot in the tournament at, in Hawaii. That's what it was. And I guess Peter Quest was just striping it around like the wind wasn't touching his ball whatsoever. And this kid goes, how are you doing that? He goes, bro, when you hit it as good as I do, the wind doesn't touch your ball. Like you, and that, that's how you just know that was like a famous tiger quote back in the day. So he's definitely has all the confidence in the world to, to be able to do it. And this is like the Peter Quest story is why hundreds of guys show up to these Monday qualifiers every week. Like it may be, it may, uh, you know, turn into nothing for you. Even if you get through, you may miss the cut or you may finish top 10, get into the next week or top five, like he did at the rocket mortgage, get into the next week, make the cut again, play well. Like he's made 650 grand this year in a couple of events on tour. Like you, you can win everything on every mini tour and still not make that much money. So you know, it's, it's well worth it to go out there and you just gotta, you gotta play very, very, very good golf. But if you think you have that in you, then all these guys out there Monday qualifying, like we've been talking about it for forever, but golf is just so deep now that there's dudes on mini tours, like Sahith Thigala, for example, he, you know, he got his tour card the year after COVID. So what, 2021 in 2020, he was playing mini tour events down in Scottsdale. Like 
not even necessarily like beating everybody. And then he comes out in 2021 and I think he's PJ tour rookie of the year. Right. Uh, and then is having, he, he's really like kind of established himself as a, a very good player on tour. So there's just so many good golfers out there. Um, and it takes, I mean, it takes a lot of self-confidence for sure because you're playing against everybody else that thinks they're just as good as you. So you have to play very well. You have to get hot at the right time, but there dudes like Peter quest. That's, that's the reason why everybody's still out there trying to qualify for these events every Monday. Yeah. And so just because we're always make sure we're very correct and very astute on this podcast, uh, I'll get into some specifics on Peter quest. So he obviously didn't play well on Sunday, but with the T17 finish at TPC Deer Run, he clinched special temporary membership for the remainder of the season. Basically, that means that he'll be free to accept unlimited sponsor exemptions through the FedEx Cup fall. Um, when he finished T4 at the Rocket Mortgage, that earned him a spot in the John Deere Classic, just 2.32 points from clearing the threshold based on the number 150 in the 2022 FedEx Cup. He needed to finish in a two-way T76 or better at the John Deere. And once he made the cut, which included 69 players, it meant he all he had to do was finish the weekend, just play every hole. He could have made quadruple bogey on every single hole to attain that special, special temporary membership. He's the sixth player on the PGA Tour to earn that this year, joining Bat- Akshay Bhatia, Ryan Girard, Fox, Minwoo Lee, and Nikolai Hoygaard. Um, and if he's a special temporary member to get in the top 125 of the season long standings through the FedEx cup fall, he earns a full PGA tour membership for 2024. He entered this season with a conditional corn Ferry tour status after finishing T 126 at the final stage of Q school last fall, meaning no starts were guaranteed. He pursued a route of PGA Tour Monday qualifiers that have proven effective. The Rocket Mortgage was his third successful Monday qualifier, uh, and he got T14 at the Byron Nelson this year on a sponsor exemption as well. So now he's got some status. He can accept unlimited sponsor exemptions. That was, of course, all from PGATour.com, just to quote our sources here. But just an incredible story and the fact that like it's cool to have a Monday qualifier like get in and kind of make the cut even is a story, and then he's like contending, and all of a sudden they they like don't plan on having any cameras on him, and now he's like in two weeks he's become a story, and that's what's cool about the PGA Tour. You can literally go from a guy that nobody will see a single televised shot of yours to becoming a legit story that people follow around the course in two weeks. And now he's got a legit chance to win this week at the Barbasol and further cement his actual PGA Tour status. It's like a perfect week for him playing as good as he is. I was going to say, yeah, having this opposite field event for a guy like him, um, you know, finishing the top 10 again, cash another pretty good sized check, huge check for, you know, 99% of people. Um, and and see if he can get his way into the top 125 in the in the standings and basically earn his tour card that way and not have to go back to any sort of Q school or anything or spend an entire year on the Corn Ferry Tour where you you could win five times on the Corn Ferry Tour and not make 600 grand like he is this year. So, I mean, it's very, very hard to do. And that's why, you know, maybe there's a handful of guys every year that can do it. But if you can get out there, man, that's, that is the way to go. It feels like he is. And, and that's the thing too, is, when you're in a position like his, 
you don't really have a choice but to play well. Like you're, you just want to take advantage of, you have no time really to be nervous because you're like, I may never get this opportunity again. I have to take advantage of it. So I think you're not thinking about what can go wrong. Like you only have stuff to gain. Like there's really not much to lose for him by, you know, not playing well. He's just thinking about everything that he can gain by really going out and performing these few weeks that he has. So uh, props to him, man. Like he just is a ball where he gets it around and putts very well, just like everybody else really does on tour. Um, but we'll definitely have to keep an eye on him at the Barbasol. I maybe wouldn't, wouldn't hate a sprinkle of him in, in the top 10 at the Barbasol either. No, absolutely not. He's, he's just shows that he can top 10 in legit PGA tour events against a lot of good competition. Now he can go show and do it against a, you know, the, the mid mid level tour guys. Speaking of just this past weekend at TPC deer run and the John Deere classic, how about Seamus power on Sunday and starting out seven under, unfortunately didn't finish how we liked it, but then Sepp Straka too, like that course was for the taking at the beginning. A lot of guys eagling too. What did you think about, you know, this is usually a birdie fest. Uh, Steve Stricker won it back three straight years. Um, but I didn't think it was as bad as it has been in the past. What did you think about the week? And and what did you think about Sepp Straka just coming from base? Not nowhere, but there was a ton of guys up there. One guy just needed to go super low. He was on 59 watch for a good part of Sunday. What did you think about his round and just the tournament in general? Yeah, I really, this is one of the more entertaining courses uh and tournaments we watch all year not we watch all year because you know some people like it some people don't but that is the thing that i think differentiates this course and like this tournament is we know that a low number is going to win it every year like we know that the course is quote unquote easier it's not that long but that's what i think makes it fun because when you go in with the intention of knowing it's going to be a super low score I think it's still really fun to watch, you know, that, you know, the guys are going to be making a lot of birdies and it's, it's going to take some low rounds to get you there. But like Jonas Blix shot, uh, what, 62 day one and didn't even finish in the top 10. I mean, he definitely struggled the the last few days here and there, but uh, even Seamus Power, like he, (laughs) my pick, of course, I think he started what, five under through seven on day one. Um, And then he started Sunday Basically, what was that? 14 holes he was 11 under on in the start of round one and round four. And in between that, he was only four under for the rest of the week. So, which, which is kind of crazy because the back, I mean, the whole course is relatively gettable. Ooh, I just kicked, kicked the table. Um, the whole course is relatively gettable out there. So, it's not like the front nine's easier, harder, you know. But he played like 14 holes in 11, 12 under whatever. And then he only plays the rest of the week in like three under. So Seamus, I feel like really could have taken advantage of uh, his good play first day and, and round four, he really never figured out the back nine at TBC deer run, but Sepp Strzok is around, dude. He just was came out of nowhere. For those of you who didn't see it, um, he shot two over the first day and was tied for 120th, like one of the very, he was basically lose last in the event and uh, proceeds to what go 23 under the last three days, um, which is just 
crazy good golf, no matter where you're at. And so he's actually the first ever John Deere classic winner that shot any single round over par, which is pretty crazy. Like there's never been a winner of this event to shoot over par in any single round. So that just goes to show you how good his golf was the last three days. I will say though, that coming down 18, it was kind of a weird spot because he did end up winning by what two. Yeah, it was two strokes. The Brendan Todd was at 19. Um, but he was like four shots clear and that is a very, very comfortable lead. Like even the not very, very comfortable. No leads like really hundred percent safe on tour, but the uh, guys chasing him had like nine holes left. So he had a four shot lead. And in that case, like it almost felt like he was trying to make birdie to shoot 59 and he overcooks one hits a hard, like seven iron from like 184. I want to say he's trying to hit a hard draw seven iron, pulled it, went in the water. He ends up making double and finishing at 21 under. And luckily he still held on to win, but it was interesting because afterwards in his interview, he said, no, I was actually aiming at the center of the green and just tugged it. Like he said, he wasn't trying to make birdie, but I think in the back of your mind, like if you have a chance to like make history on the PGA tour, like I think there's been 10 all time rounds in the fifties on the PGA tour. So for him to like join that club of, you know, guys to shoot in the fifties, I think that's always got to be in the back of your mind, no matter what. But just a tough situation for him because he's only he's won one other time on the PGA Tour. So it's like, you know, luckily in his case, he didn't really have to choose between trying to make birdie and shooting 59 or winning because he kind of did both. But uh, it just felt like he could have been way more conservative with that second shot. And he took it on, rinsed it. And, you know, he still ended up winning the event. So no harm, no foul there. But uh, just crazy to see like a dude hit it so well all day. Couldn't miss anything on the greens. And there's even a few like 40 footers that he whipped out. Like he could have shot way lower than he even did, which is just crazy to say, but, and then he steps up on 18 pipes of drive and hits the worst. He, he said it was the only golf shot he missed hit all day. So I think that pressure definitely crept in a little bit like, Holy shit, I could shoot 59, you know, there's the tournament to win, blah, blah, blah. And it all just kind of compiled on him. But, I mean, he still ended up winning. So you got to give the dude props. Just a a crazy, what, 62 yesterday on Sunday. Just an unbelievable round. Yeah. And like you said, you know, the the fact of missing it on. He had such a good round going. And 17, that par five, was playing at like four and a half shots the whole week. uh, Or the whole Sunday. Basically, one of the easier holes on the course. Everybody was making birdie. He makes birdie on 17. All he needs to do is make par on 18 and he shoots 59. And it just goes to show you how tough golf is in general when he can't make birdie on 17 after he's been the hottest golfer on the course and and one of the best rounds of all time on the PGA Tours in his sights. Doesn't make birdie on 17 and then makes double on 18. So it's just kind of one of those things of golf does always fight back uh, no matter how good you're hitting it. And it did get kind of intense there. Um Brendan Todd made a horrific three putt on the par three sixteenth to basically take himself out of it. Um, Cause like I said, 17 was a birdie hole. So he could have gotten himself uh, within a shot at that point and then just had to birdie 17 or 18 and he three whacked 16 and took himself out of it. But yeah, from one point he had a five shot lead. He thought he was going to run away with it to then he makes double on the last hole and it gets pretty intense, but 
just a great win and and cool to see a guy come out from basically not one of the guys that's right there at the top of the leaderboard on a Sunday, go out and fire such a low round. You just win the event. You know, nobody yeah. lost that event. He won it, which is always fun to see. Yeah, exactly. Like you had guys like Cameron Young that were near the top of the leaderboard and a few others um, that started Sunday at like 15, 16 under, and they still could go out and shoot, you know, two, three under par and lose the event on Sunday. So it was one of those where he was in just good enough position to, to have that round mean something Sunday, meaning Sepp Strzok with that, that nine under par round. But it, it was definitely one of those events where you, you had to be at least, you know, Sepp started the day at 12 under. So it wasn't like he was out of it by any means, but then yeah, nine under, I don't think anybody else shot more than probably six under yesterday. So uh, definitely beat the field by quite a bit. And it's just, I think that golf course looks really cool. Like I would love to try to play there sometime right there on the river, uh, the Mississippi or no, it's not on the Mississippi river. It, it is right on a river though. Um, but it just looks like a very, very cool tournament. And a lot of, a lot of guys really enjoy that place. I know. So uh, that's always just a fun kind of, you know, it's not like that important of event and there's not going to be that many big names, but at the same time, it's just, it's a fun watch every year. Yeah. And it's one of those courses where it was a little bit quote unquote easier for these guys and lower scores. But if you missed the fairway, it was really penal penal. So you could, if you hit in the fairway, a lot of guys made a ton of birdies, but the second you missed the fairway, there was a few holes where they were just basically taking themselves out of it and making bogeys. Um, before we get out of here, we definitely got to talk about Brooks Kepka and calling out Matthew Wolf um, for basically quitting on the team. What do you think about his comments? And then what, uh, what do you think about the whole team aspect? You know, we saw the tweet yesterday from uh, some live golf writer, uh, shout out to Cam Smith for winning live golf London. He is in prime form and will 100% be on our bet three, six, five betting card for the open championship in two weeks. But uh, what do you think about Brooks's comments? And then, does the team aspect, you know, Cam Smith, so that tweet we saw, Cam Smith was sad that he missed the putt, even though he won the individual event, um, because it would have gotten his team into like a playoff, which would have been kind of a cool thing. I don't know if it's a scorecard playoff or they actually go out and play, but what's your thoughts on just kind of the whole, the the whole team part of it? It kind of, it's kind of lame to me still. I, I don't think I can get on board with it. Yeah. I, I mean, it definitely like, so from what I read, uh, the team money that they win week in week out goes towards like operating expenses uh, because they, they essentially kind of have to pay their own way uh, as a team for like travel and things like that, which I really don't understand completely how that works. Um, but it sounds like they kind of go, it goes towards like funding the team. Um, so it doesn't necessarily just get split up four ways and go in each dude's pocket. But uh yeah, I don't know if Cam was kind of like putting on a little bit of a show, like you really cared if the team won or not. But like, the dude still cleared four million bucks, so like, who really cares? He's he's doing just fine for himself. I don't really think he's too worried about that. Um, but the whole Matthew Wolf Brooks Kepka thing is pretty funny, just because like Kepka, I feel like they look like brothers anyway. Like Matt Wolf could be Brooks Kepka's little brother, but Kepka's like he just gives up on the golf course. So then he was like, I'm not down for like giving up. And then he goes, well, I'm get, but I'm giving up on Matthew Wolf. Like you got to pick one. You either say you can't give up 
or, you know, you're okay with giving up on him. Um, but yeah, it seems like Matthew Wolf is definitely one of those guys that's cashed it in just a hair on the live tour. Like, I don't even know if he's going to keep status. He's finished like bottom five in a lot of events. Like he's, he's just not played very well. So, uh, but he's also spoken out about mental health and things like that, which obviously is something you want to take serious, but at the same time, like you can't just not do your job and, you know, blame it on that. And everything's hunky dory. Like you still got to pay the piper, you know, and that if Brooks Kepka's like funding all his shit, <laughs> Brooks Kepka's making all this money, then I could see there being like some team accountability. Like, Hey dude, like I'm making all this money. I'm, I'm paying for our team stuff and you're over here not giving a shit and just cashing in your check every week. Like, you got to at least try. So I do understand where he's coming from, but it, it just goes to show you there can be a little like infighting on like with these teams and a little team drama. So I don't hate it. It's, it maybe feels a little forced now, but it's, you know, it's just an, a, a new aspect, you know, we've never had this in golf. So I, I, it, it definitely is not your typical golf drama, but I don't mind it. Yeah, it's it definitely makes for a little bit of additional drama, if you will, additional storylines. Uh, I think they were, you know, they were on the range next to each other, which I think is kind of probably a required thing uh, for the way that they, the way that when we went to live, it looks like all the teams are kind of together. So that that part does make sense, and yeah, maybe they made up, awesome. or maybe Matt, maybe Matt Wolf just like had a good conversation with Brooks and was like, "Hey, dude, I'm sorry." You know, like giving up is obviously not something you want to do, but also there's some other issues out there that sounds like Matt Wolf is dealing with. So it's going to be interesting to see as this goes along with live and you know, teammates either fighting with each other or somebody leaving a certain team and going to another team. Uh, we'll have to do some research on how that works specifically. Like if the captain just chooses, um, like can't one of Cam Smith's teammates, the dude Tanner Morgan or whatever that we saw just absolutely slapping it around in Tulsa. He has 192 Instagram followers. That's how popular he is. Oh my God. That is, isn't that insane? Yeah. Like just one of Cam's mates. They really did talk about putting your your boys on your back like getting him basically getting your buddies a job by just being who you are like what a yeah, deal exactly exactly so um, real quick before we get out of here we got to shout out ricky fowler we did not have a pod last week but he did win the rocket mortgage um in a playoff which was actually a pretty fun watch although everybody had to watch it on their phone because it wasn't actually on um televised golf which was a little bit odd uh, definitely a, a big ass fumble by CBS and all that, even though they did have to change tea times and move tea times up due to weather. It was still just like, why do I have to watch this on the CBS app on my phone? Um, but I actually remember real quick. I remember Ricky. Do you remember Ricky last year? Cause he's a big like rocket mortgage spot. Like they're one of his main sponsors. So he missed the cut last year at the rocket mortgage and was like hitting balls on the driving range. Um, on Saturday, like out there practicing. And I was just like, this is so like forced and weird. Like you, you missed the cut. Why are you out there like hitting balls with all the other dudes that are playing over the weekend? Um, so just to see him come back and actually win that event again this year is pretty darn cool. And like, just goes to show you what a year can do, but, uh, maybe we'll see a little bit of Ricky, you know, he, he somehow always plays fairly well, um, over across the pond, like the British Open, Scottish Open. So maybe he's he's uh, gearing up into form. And I will say that I 
said he was going to win that event and I was going to leave him off my betting card. So I uh, have to put that out there because verbal is binding on that. I chose him to win. He just was not on my card. Um, so I, so Ricky Fowler owes you a thank you for leaving him off the betting card is what you're saying. Correct. Yeah. I tweeted it out. I think PJ tour players need to start paying me to just leave for me to leave them off my betting card. <laughs> well, shout out to Ricky Fowler. Shout out to Sheps, Sep Straka, uh, for his dominating win. We're going to have a fun weekend, double events. We got the Barbasol, the Scottish open. Watch that. It's great golf over there in Scotland as guys get geared up. We'll be back next week with a open championship preview. Talk about the golf course. Talk about who we think is going to win. Download that Bet365 app. Use the promo code DNBR365 to get yourself $200 in bonus bets. My bonus bet for this week I put in is going to be Brandon Wu, top 10-ing at the Scottish Open. That's plus 1,200. So we both got a couple of plus 1,200 bonus bets out there. Get us 12 extra units. Brandon, woo, woo, going in the top 10. Uh, Enjoy the Scottish Open. Enjoy the Barbasol. We're getting ready for a major week, the last one of the year. I am going to go change a diaper. It will be great. I'm having a great time. Everything is awesome. Make sure you follow us on all the socials at Big Drive Energy, at Big Drive Energy Pod on Instagram and threads if you're hitting up the new social media platform. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a great weekend. Peace.